I am looking tonight for men, young and old, who care enough about this battle between good and evil to sign on and speak up. We are at war. And by Spartan law, we will stand and fight. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond now measure. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us fight to free the world. This is a life and death contest we're in, young men. And so I'm going to get in your face a little, nose to nose, just enough fire to singe your eyebrows a little, the way coaches do when the game is close and victory means everything. I don't want to gain another yard. You Brits are right. If they cross the line of scrimmage, I'm going to take every last one of you out. You make sure. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Come join the ranks. Come join the ranks. We alive. We alive. EWP. <laughs> We're back. And um, back from the brink. Oh, Spenny B. Guys. <sighs> um, my apologies. My apologies. How dare you get mononucleosis on us? I, is it is it mononucleosis? I don't is know. that is that what it's short <laughs> I, for? I was a business major. I, I just know it's the kissing disease. <laughs> the kissing disease, guys. Yeah. I um, I we You're need to apologize. Right. We need to apologize because we didn't get a, an episode out on Wednesday, and it was because I was stricken with mononucleosis. Or mono, the kissing disease. I um, was kissing so many. You were many. so sick, though. It might be polynucleosis. <laughs> there were many that's nuclei. A, that's a Greek joke for you friends out there. That would make out with yourself. I don't know what that means. Yeah, but. we're not exactly sure what that means. Um, but, guys, I was sicker than a dog. I actually also got strep. So I had strep and mono. And I had... You might be a test question on some, like... Seriously, and some medical, like some medical exam, yeah, and leprosy. I had lep. I had, I had it. You can still get that, huh? Yeah. So, Neat. fortunately, every my skin is now back on my body, and things are wow. good, man. So, twenty nineteen <laughs> miracles. No, really, so sorry for for missing out. Um, but I'm back. I'm I'm still tired and like getting through it, but I'm feeling much better. We're gonna make up for it this week, though. We are welcome back to. The Eternal Warrior Podcast. That is correct. Wes and Spence. What do we do, Wes? Why, why are we, we doing this? We help young people uh. in their quest for self-mastery. Yes. Sharing stories from the battlefront in the war against Satan and pornography. Is that right? That's what we do here. <laughs> That's what we do here. And um, we've got... Today is going to be oh, so man. good. We've got a man among men. Yes. <laughs> well, 
among boys. I mean, it's just the two yeah. of us here with him, but there it are many true. men listening out there too. <laughs> yes. And this is a man. Yeah. A but, man of, of, of real man. Okay. <laughs> before we jump into him though, tell us about yeah. last time with Trey. That was so oh, good, man. dude. Guys, Trey is, is such a good friend of ours and he is, we're grateful to him coming on and, and sharing and being vulnerable with us and sharing his story. Man, one pound, 14 ounces. Dude. Just gets me. But the way that Trey was really able to highlight the principles of notice it, name it, flip it, and find it. And something that Trey has shared with us, you know, both on the podcast and, and off is, is how he's had to notice that his battles start before what you might think a battle is, if that makes sense. That for him, you know, he was struggling with, um, you know, consuming certain types of media um, that led to bad things. And you realize, you know what, my battle wasn't watching something bad. My battle was choosing to watch something instead of do something. And, you know, to consume media instead of produce. Yeah, instead you know, of create. create right? yeah. The consumption versus creation piece that we've talked about. But, um, which he did. Did oh, he not? Man. Did he not? I, I wasn't at group on Thursday because of the illness once again. Mm. Did he not? I heard today that he, um, he abandoned the Netflix yeah, and the he's, YouTube. Yeah. Which, like, guys, sounds like, yeah, of course you should do that. But, Everybody's a on huge, a different spectrum, right? That's a but huge thing. To see Trey being willing to forsake something that is so normal and so mainstream in in the life of a young single adult is is pretty empowering and pretty that's moving. So cool. Yeah, I love that guy. He's Dude. awesome. But if you remember those principles of noticing how we feel, you know, when we're not in our element, when we're not juiced to go out and take on life, when we're not feeling our best. Um, naming what that feels like, whether that's, I think in trays, it was more apathy, yeah. boredom, things like that. And then what's, what's the opposite of that? How do we flip that? You know, purpose, passion, per- passion, yes. exactly. And then going to find it. What's going to get that what's in you? What's going to get that in me? I'm going to mm-hmm. go and do something about mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, I'm going to go and make go a connect podcast. connect with someone. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Podcast for us. But I, I think like it can be anything for anybody else. Yep. You know, Trey's super into CrossFit. I think that's been a big thing for him. Dope. Um, we have a, another kid in our group that is a woodworker. Um, yeah. Shout out to my boy, Caleb, and, and also to Colt. Colt's oh, a craftsman Colt, yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, just to to see so many good young people do good young people things that are out of the norm, right? Right. We talk a lot about the natural man on this show. Yeah. These guys are anything but. And dude, that's empowering. So notice when you're feeling off, name how that feels. You know, what is it? specifically so that you can find its opposite yep flip it on its head and then go find an activity to do something right then immediately Mm. to change the way you're feeling and uh you'll be amazed with the results hallelujah seen it cool amen amen is what i have to say to that successful people take Mm -hmm. immediate massive action dude that's well said well i think it's time yes we have the one and only Jim Sorensen. The man. This guy, to give a little little intro, he is a, what what is in the business is called a personal warrior trainer. Mm, PWT. PWT. So this guy, this guy is in the daily battles, the daily grind with many of us, of the warriors, right? And so it's a really cool program, if you haven't heard of it, where you can have individual training. Um, it's like one-on-one daily texting, things of that nature to yep. help you keep on, keep accountable. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jim, thank you 
for being here. Thank you for having me. Dude, seriously? <laughs> so me and Wes just barely met this guy like a week ago. Not even. No, not even. It was, uh, I think it was Tuesday. It was Tuesday evening. Yeah, it was yeah. Tuesday. It was like love at first sight. Like Dude, it, just, it like, was. It was... <laughs> Reunited and feels so good. Ooh. Wow, that was good. That was good. You guys harmonized really well, yeah. by the way. You know, when you sang "Happy Birthday" in that other episode, I was like, I was like, wow. I was listening to that yesterday while I was yeah. mowing my neighbor's lawn. I was like, they actually sound really good. You know, so dude, that means a lot. That means a lot, guys. Maybe we should. Scrap we're, this we're podcast. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We go acapella. Yeah, we gotta go acapella, make a little group <laughs> called the um the Warrior Pellas. The Wacapellas. That's a stretch. I'm sure but, well. I think you're good with the podcast, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we'll, maybe we'll stick with the podcast. But dude, Jim, tell us tell us about you. I mean, obviously personal warrior trainer, but just some background, maybe even before your story, just so people have some context. Well, I I was born. So that's <laughs> that's that. that's before this that's where the story officially mm. starts, right? <laughs> Riveting. Um and actually before I get into that, I want to say to you guys, uh, thank you. I know I've told you this already, but thank you for producing this podcast. Like it is, it's awesome. I think, I think people on air need to hear that, the thank you. So, mm. and, uh, dude, we when appreciate you say man that. Among boys, listen, you guys are more men than a lot of men out there because of what you're doing. So, oh, dude, so you know. Jim, we appreciate dude, that. We, man. we are more men. Well, we are. We can't say that anymore. We can't say that Sorry. anymore. We're members of the Church of Jesus Christ. Of but I say yes. it, there's a per, there's a certain amount of growth that comes with recovery mm, that yeah. you just don't find anywhere else. Yeah. And when you have that under your belt, like you look at things differently and you act toward things differently. It's like being in a fight that you know you could take the other person out and you don't. Mm. Even though you could fall and kick their butt, you don't because you know you could. Wow. And so it's like that humility within the fight, and you guys have that. So oh, thank dude. you for the, I, We appreciate I don't know if that man. analogy makes sense for me. <laughs> but because you, well, is it just because you. I just, I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> right? Like, you know that's, that's, that you, you, know yeah. you could. Well, it, it does apply then. It's perfect because you know you could, but you sure. love them so much. Let's go with that. Let's do that. Listen, yeah. Mr. Knife Fight a Dummy every Saturday or yeah, something, right? Dude. So you know you, you can know, kick when, the dummy's butt, but when you choose not to. When the dummy don't hit back, it's kind of easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Wes but, is really good at hitting dummies, dude. But, uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> no, my accuracy. Seriously, we appreciate that. No, it's awesome. So we, I just, we, I, we it, really it benefits do. more than the young man. The, I hope well, you guys know that. The fact that we have a community to share this with, and... By the way, you guys, this week, it really hit me hard just how wonderful our community is. Oh, yeah. And to, I mean, I received, we received so many wonderful emails this past week from people. Mm. Um, from our, our, our boys out in the Philippines. That oh, was fun. Once again, dude, I love <laughs> those guys. And then um, just cool. from an incredible warrior mother who has two sons on on missions and just to to see. A sister warrior. Yeah, a sister warrior, which was so cool, dude. It, it's such a blessing, and <sighs> we hope that you guys feel as much responsible for this as we do. Because, you know, honestly, if if nobody listened to this, we'd probably still do this. If if things weren't plugged in, we'd probably still do this. Spence and I just have too much fun doing this. But just the fact that that we have people out there that that um feel the same way that we do, exactly, that are, that are excited about being unnatural. Yeah. And are passionate about recovery and getting yeah. better. Yeah, and that's exactly. like why this community is, it's, it's a, 
I don't think there's anything like it with guys, with people that have gone through such a difficult challenge. Um, well, and are going through it, and right? Going, and it's like, still, yeah, this, and it's to get, it's still a process. We're still going through I, it. I think we talked to him with, uh, who was it with? It might've been with Trey. Yeah. When we were talking, or maybe Clayton, when we talked about like, what does being done mean? Mm-hmm. And how that's something we don't really want, right? We want to have confidence moving forward that we, you know, we're in charge of our life. But the fact that we have something that we need to keep at bay keeps us proactive in our, in our nature. Right. That we're we want to keep creators creating. of circumstance instead of creatures of it. And that's mm. cool stuff. But Jim, we digress. We, yeah, we, we want to, want to hear, from, hear you, from you though. A much needed digression. I think <laughs> no. I just wanted you guys to hear it. But, uh, my story. Um, so like I was telling you guys before, um, you know, I grew up. I grew up in Davis County. I think you guys did too, didn't you? Uh, we were, but close enough. Salt, Salt Lake. Lake. It's all close. the same. Thing. All the same. Same difference. Right? Right? Well, hey, <laughs> Salt Lake's the capital of the state. I'm just just gonna throw <laughs> yeah. Go on, Davis County. But uh, so I grew up there. But when I was around, probably, I mean, I've always been a pretty curious, and uh, I got in trouble quite a bit as a kid, just getting you know climbing trees and doing dumb stuff. But when I was probably seven, eight, nine years old, right in there. Um, I got exposed to pornography. Now, this may be new to you. This is like an antiquated piece of equipment, but it's called a VHS, right? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> what is this VHS I, you speak I'll of? I'll have to Google that. Yeah. <laughs> Put this large tape in, this thing that really chews up your tape. Anyway. <laughs> throw, throw out a Betamax. That would be a trivia question. Seriously, <laughs> though. Took off in Canada, I hear. But, uh... <laughs> But uh, so I had this uh, this kid across the street. Uh, he's like, "Hey, come check this out!" And he he popped the VHS, and it was his stepdad's tape. And it was only probably less than thirty seconds, but it was it was pornography. That was my first exposure. Mm. Wow! And I remember feeling at the time like I felt awkward and kind of weird. Like I was like, "I don't know what the heck this is." Like, how do I even respond to this? Right? How old did you say you were? Seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there. Holy! Kind of gets mixed up. Yeah. But the thing is, though. The statistics say that's about the age, eight years old is about the age kids are now exposed to hardcore pornography. Now. Now. Dang. Isn't that ridiculous? But it's so much more accessible now than it was back then. Back then it was like this VHS. And and the thing is, though, I felt so awkward with it. But at the same time, when I had the chance, I went back later and I tried to find it again. Right. Because the curiosity. Yeah, because I was like, like, what what is that? Why am I feeling this way? It was weird. And it's, once again... Just we've nailed. I hope that we've nailed this home for everyone that's listening. But don't we? Can we not all agree how gross Satan is, and how he's so willing to go to any extreme to cheat and to get those that are so vulnerable and so that we we can't describe it. We don't know what's going on, and so that's the that's the best time to attack, which is so gross to think about. It's even worse now. Yeah, I mean that that kind of reminds me. It's gonna be a weird, weird leap, but just just hear me out. Um, <laughs> is it another so, like fight analogy? No, no, yeah. no. no. It's, we're, we're going Utah Jazz here. All oh, right. okay. wow! Kyle Korver published a really interesting piece in the trailers in the Players Tribune a few weeks ago, or few, about a month ago. Yeah. Uh, regarding you know being a white player in the NBA and how there's there's certain social privilege that comes with being a white a male. white man, right? Yeah. And I heard um, about this. I didn't get he, to read it. But. He said something very interesting there that I think relates to what we're talking about here. He says, are we, um, you know, are we to blame for the sins of our fathers? Meaning, you know, the, the social institutions, specifically slavery that existed for hundreds of years. Are we, are we at fault for that? 
No, we didn't do those things. But then he said, are we responsible for those things? And then he said, yeah, we are responsible as those that are inheritors of that circumstance. And yet those that are in the position of privilege to do something about it. Do we perpetuate the... Exactly. And I think with your situation... Interesting. Are you at fault for being exposed to pornography at such a young age? No. Hmm. But are you responsible for how your mortality adjusts to address that situation? Oh, definitely. Absolutely we are, right? Ooh, yeah. That's a And so That was good, dude. Yeah. The sooner you can really realize good. that is the sooner it takes you out of victim stance. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, no because, longer the victim. Yeah. I'm now in control. Yeah. I, I, I can control my destiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm 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 the one that's actually holding where I go, where my direction is, what my decisions are. I hold that. Nobody else. And so Knowing that places a lot of power. Now, back in that age, I was like, I had no idea what this was, right? I, it was right. new exposure. And that's something I don't think I was exposed again for years, right? Mm. And and uh, back then, and even now in some instances, sex is a very taboo subject to talk about. Yeah. <clears throat> now, Specifically in our community, yeah, too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the subculture we have, right. yep. very much is. People just, they're scared to talk about it because they're... Ex- they're scared if they talk about it, their kids are going to start getting exposed to it, da, 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 da. But really, it's the opposite that happens. Yep. And so by the time I had my maturation talk with my parents where they're like, oh, this is how sex works. This is how pregnancy works. And not throwing them under the bus because they're amazing parents. I have the absolutely best parents on the planet. No offense, guys. Mine are better. <laughs> um, but they've also seen me through all of my rough spots in life, right? By the time they have that talk with me, I was like, what are you guys talking about? Right. I already know everything. I learned it from yeah. my friends at junior high. That's the source of all knowledge, true and good. Yeah. Right. Eighth grade locker rooms. <laughs> right. The, the wisdom <laughs> that comes out of that yeah. place. You, you oh, get, you get sex talk that is the pinnacle. So you got the eighth grade locker room, and then just a couple steps below that is the Ivy Leagues, right? Yeah, like exactly. That's yeah. The pinnacle of that's all a, human knowledge, <laughs> specifically sexuality, right? Yeah. And by the time I was fourteen, I actually stopped going to church. I would rather go skateboard on Sundays. That was my life. And so from the time I was 14 to the time I was 21, like I can't say I didn't have a pornography addiction, but I didn't have a pornography fight, if that makes sense. In, hmm. in, in high school, it was actually common talk, like porn and masturbation. That was not an uncommon topic for us to talk about as friends, right? Right. It was just everybody was doing it. Yeah. Right? And if my parents listen to this, they're probably going to freak out at me saying that, but but that's what it is. Yeah. Right? And, uh, and yeah. so I knew I shouldn't have let him play with Jimmy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Freaking Jimmy. <laughs> Dang it. Jimmy. Those darn kids. <laughs> right? But by the, when I was going through, like, I wasn't fighting pornography. Like, it was a normal thing. So, yeah. like, being addicted to it, like, it was there. I would, I would, I would, I would act out. I would have those lost battles, but I didn't register them as lost battles. Um, until probably my close to 20, 20 years old, I, I moved to my, with my sister. Uh, I moved to my sister's house in Hawaii to be a Manny for a couple months. Nice. And while I was there, I was like, I started going to church again. And, and <clears throat> church in Hawaii is nice because like, there's no roof on some of it. Oh, like, dude. Half the church is outside. At least this building. It was fantastic. What, what island were <laughs> so, you on? I was on Oahu then. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, um, and so jealousy, the bishop was making efforts to get me mission prepared, even though I was like, you're wasting your time, but I still went to church. Right. But I was like, I should probably stop having these, you know, like back then it was just, I don't know how, how Frank can I be on this show guys? Like, uh, Frank. Yeah, okay. Can... I was like, I should probably stop beating off. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> um, 
like this but, is probably a habit that we yeah. that I need to stop. Yeah, it's like that's what it was, and so I would I would I would try to stop that habit, uh-huh. right? And then when I came home, I was back out of that environment, and everything just went again, and just I was back with the crowd that partied and did that kind of stuff, and so that was just that was the life, right? Yeah. And so it wasn't until I turned 21, I, I had a couple friends that had been inactive, and I saw them starting to change their life around, and uh, and I was like, man, they're they're happy. Like one of them was a had used to been a drug addict and an alcohol uh, addict, and and at a pretty young age too. And, but they started changing their life around. I'm like, man, I want to be happy. Why am I not happy? Mm. And this is where repentance plays such a big key and how painful, but yet satisfying it is at the same time, because I was part of a singles ward in Salt Lake and I went back and the bishop, of that particular singles ward, he had over 350 singles in his ward. And so if you want to sign up for a slot, it was a five minute slot. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I go and he's like, all right, what you got? And I was like, okay, uh, this, this, this. He's like, all right, uh, check with me in a couple weeks. I was like, wow, repentance is easy. Like, this is fantastic. I can do this all day. Right? And so it wasn't until I moved back home in my parents' ward uh, that the bishop's like, we need to sit down. And, dude, he ripped me apart Mm. very lovingly and diplomatically. But he sat me down, and we went through everything. And that was one of the most excruciating processes of my life, giving up that sin. If that makes sense. Yeah. And like, being open and vulnerable yeah. and saying, this is what I've done. Yeah. Like I, that is, the, that is probably the one single time in my life where I felt a literal ball of light in my chest. And, uh, from there, um, I was able to clean myself up. I went on a mission, turned 22 in the MTC and, uh, served an awesome mission in Iowa, uh, came home. And after about eight months, uh, Satan started getting his little hooks in there again. I stopped doing the, the normal things like I would do on a mission that would keep me going. Like the prayers, just like, the, well, I the kept simple praying, but, stuff, right? The simple stuff, you know, yeah. like the PWR, yeah. <laughs> so, Manpower, exactly. The MAN, right? The MAN, yep. the PWR, and so. Uh, but back then, I just didn't recognize that, and so uh, I started just, you know, I went and visited my sister again in Hawaii. They were living in a different part of the island. My brother and I went out for vacation, do some surfing, and just hanging out. And uh, being in Hawaii, you know, it's. Uh, I just started Googling things. I had free time on the internet. Yeah. I started Googling things thinking they were harmless and that's where it started. And from there, it just went downhill. So 25 years old going from there and I just started getting hooked in it, hooked in it again and, and uh, yeah. just had a lot of opportunity. Internet has really opened up a lot of opportunity. Oh, so man. It's difficult stuff. Interesting that you kind of, I mean, was it, this might be once again, just for the listeners, but like was it like mostly magazine video type of stuff before? Like and how, then at what, like, what point did it transition? How analog to digital was yeah. your photography use? It was, yeah. it was digital. Really? Wow. It was digital. Like before I left, it was a lot of just magazines, kind of stuff like that and looking at stuff here and there. But again, I wasn't really fighting it that much. Right. Like it was, it was just, just, kind of it was just normal, passive, normal. Passive stuff. Like this is what happens, da-da-da, you know. And uh, after that, it was, it was all get on Google and just randomly Googling stuff and just seeing what accidentally pops up in the images and yep. you know all that stuff we've all been through before <laughs> yeah we know what that's like I, I think that spence thanks for highlighting that because that's something that i, I kind of picked up on your experience there as you said and i started googling things and you're, and you're I'm, I'm hearing that i'm like that's so different from what your first exposure was and i, I think about my experience yep. how different that was to you know my my i guess the more recent challenges that i faced and it scares me to think of like what's next what else can happen? What else can Satan utilize to leverage 
the plague of pornography and rest assured there will be oh there already is yeah yeah I and mean, there's i mean there's a lot of stuff out there yeah. that's already starting to go on i mean we we probably don't need to go into specifics but no, we don't the principles of recovery work along that spectrum you don't Through need to time. worry about like yeah. the artillery that's going to be coming out against us because the artillery that we have and, and things that we're going to be talking about later about you know finding your inner store inner source of strength Strength, sorry. Inner source of strength. Strength. Just flex when you say it. Exactly. (laughs) Flex on that. Um, (laughs) But that, those principles do stand the test of time. They always have, they always will. Right. And so Satan's going to come out with his new shiny weapon. Our armor is still bulletproof. Yeah. And quickly. And our our weaponry is still And quickly, just before you continue with your story, is that we literally talked about this today. I went to group this, a group this morning and, um, we talked about how like not only will technology continually change and pornography come up in different places than maybe we, we aren't expecting. Um, not only is that going to change, but our lives are like, there's always going to be a new challenge. There's always going to be something that's going to come up in our lives. It's always going to turn something around. Exactly. That's going to be new and give us anxiety. And it's going to want to, our brains are naturally going to want to go back to what we know, to what is comfortable. And so the way we combat that though, is we, we literally ask heavenly father, what is coming? We with that question six, right? Mm-hmm. What what is that next tactic that Satan is going to try to use against me? Whether that's just oh maybe maybe he's going to try to get me just being more lazy or more yeah. I'm not going to be quite as excited about my passion projects as much anymore, right? You know the subtle differences. What, yeah, just make like a little w- tiny adjustment w- change. Exactly. Like what's what's that next thing? And if that next challenge comes, how am I going to be prepared for it? Just an interesting mm-hmm. thought that came up this morning in group, but so you, so you, um, I'd be curious then, cause you, you then expose it with the Bishop around. That was, I was probably 21 when I talked about it with the Bishop. Oh yeah. 20, 20, 21, right mission, in there. You Go come the back, mission, come back, start slipping back into it. Yep, what happened back from into there? It. Um, and so from there, it was just a constant battle, like, you know, and, and there, I remember specifically driving home, uh, from work one night and in my head, I was thinking, I'm going to go home and I'm going to look up porn and I'm going to masturbate. I really shouldn't. I should probably drive to my parents' house, but I've already lost the battle. So I might as well just go get it over with so I can move on with life. That was it. Like I remember specifically feeling that like that was one of the times I felt absolutely out of control with my life. Yep. I was like, holy cow. Like I haven't even gotten there yet. And I already know the battle's lost. Like, there's no Ooh, point dude. even, even doing anything. That's like the weirdest level four I've ever heard of. It's like level it's four point nine. Like, there's no like you're having the the irrational conversation just because you notice yep. the thought of what's going on. But there's no there's no defense. It was almost like it's I was like, having yeah, a conversation. Let's go do that. Yeah. It's like I was yeah. sitting here listening to the conversation. No, oh. and I have definitely experienced yeah. that as well. Yeah. You get so into that addicted brain. It's like, well, let's um, let's go get it. I, and it almost becomes, it's not even, pl- this sounds maybe weird or gross or bad, but it's not even pleasurable. It's not something that I'm like, it's like, now I just, just trying to get it over with. I just need to go do it. It's yeah. a box to check. It's right. a box. Yeah, right. it's, yeah. It's, oh man. Pain and box. Is, okay, yeah. done for the day. Can do something else for another couple hours. Which is, which if you, and hearing that, saying that out loud, 
is like to an outside listener, I'm sure that's hard to hear. Like, oh my gosh, there are people out there that are just zombies, like that are that are completely acting based on yeah. no sort of value. It's yeah. just all which, which I, we feel empathy for because we've been there, right? We know what that feels like to not be in control of our lives. It's a scary place, you guys. It's a scary place. What, what's cool to to hear your story though from the lens of the knowledge that we've gained from from being part of Sons of Helium and Men of Moroni, um, like Dragons Did They Fight, uh, life changing services. Uh, curriculum is we realize there was a whole chemical scale that happened leading oh, up yeah. to that, right? There's tons of stuff leading yeah. up to that, but like it did almost every single day, yeah. right? When we're yeah. living at that level two, like when we just live there of being in a, you know, a mood battle level three, yep. just living there of like, ah, I don't feel like doing anything. Yep. I guess I'm going to just, you know, I guess fulfill my minimum obligations to society, not to myself, not to God today, but I, I go to work because I got to, I, I do that. Keep I can job. at least get that yeah. done, right? Um, but other than that, I don't care. I'll just go home yeah. and eat Cheetos and my tidy whities and oh, whatever, <laughs> right? Dude, seriously though. So what what clicked to help you get out of this next stage? I guess. So a big part of it is I started meeting with the bishop of the singles ward again, a different bishop this time, right? Not not that any bishop previous has had any issue, but. Um, somebody who's able to became my friend really meet with me one on one in the singles ward, and then I also uh, I had started dating my wife at that time, and she knew full well everything that was going on to an extent. I mean, like I didn't draw her any pictures or give right. any details by any means, but right. but she knew that I was having an issue and dealing with it. And and the the big issue I think I faced after I got married. There's probably two big things that I really had a battle with after I got married. Is one I wasn't completely honest with her when I was having problems. Like I would try to generalize things or I try to kind of shovel it under the table or say nothing's going on, even though chemically I'm just like completely out of whack. Just everything's going on. Why are you so angry? I'm just frustrated because work sucks, right? Yeah, I'm just tired. But it's really, it's like, no, I've been numbing my brain out with all this other junk. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and and, uh, another thing to consider Mm -hmm. is, you guys, when you get married, the problem does not go away. Even though you have a so-called sexual outlet, the problem does not go away. In fact, in some cases, it gets worse Mm. because now not only are you possibly objectifying other people, but now you're objectifying your wife as well. And when that's happening, there's absolutely no connection going on whatsoever. You're just like, same kind of thing. Get in, get off, get get out. Get the job done. Get the job done, right? Oh, my gosh. And so it takes a lot of the connection out of it. And so the spiritual aspect of that part of the relationship, including sexual sexual intimacy, is really starts to become removed. And you're just like, okay, well, what's next, right? How can I do this? How can I act this out? How can I whatever? And you start formulating those little plans in your mind as you're doing that. And so... Uh, you know, it's all it's all selfish in nature. It really right? is. It really is. How, what do I get out of this instead of how can I help my partner? Yeah, I have a great experience yeah. or feel loved. Right. Yeah. Just am I expressing love or am I am I giving or taking? Right. Right. And not to mm. not to say that every single encounter with my wife is like that. Right. Very rarely yeah. were they actually that objectified and specific. I mean, it happened, you know, a few times, but it wasn't like every single time there's no connection. But listen, when it comes to a relationship with another person, happens once, it might as well have happened every time. Yeah. Right. right. And that's where the trauma comes in and the betrayal trauma and things like that. Yeah. Oh, I trust you. So, it goes out the door. Right. And so, yeah. And so working through it, I'd gone to uh, 12-step programs for, and this is the conversation we, got, we had Tuesday. Um, I'd gone to 12-step programs and listened to those things and 
man, those things are really good at teaching you how to repent. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. But when it came down to the actual hands-on, nitty-gritty, what do I do to fight this stupid thing? Right. right? And, and I couldn't talk to those guys about it because they're like, we're not allowed cross-talk in 12-step, did it? I'm like, give me something to go on. Mm-hmm. Like, right. this sucks. And so Give me I, feedback. Like, yeah. anything. Is this right? Is this yeah. wrong? Yeah, Am I you, doing what I'm supposed to? Even when you ask for feedback, people are like, oh, we can't do that. Oh, we we can't do that, right? And, and maybe it was just the group I was in. And awesome guys, but, but uh, I was like, you know, I know I need to repent and I'm going to need to do this a lot. But I'm tired of having to do it repeatedly and repeatedly over and over again for new occurrences. Like, right. what do I have? Is there a better way to proactively go and beat this sucker instead of just being against the ropes yeah. all the exactly. time, trying to so, repent? Yeah, and, and Spence make and I, you and I both have experience with with uh, you know like the twelve step program that the the church provides in a lot of contexts, and it works for a lot of people. It does. Yeah. But I, I think to what you said, um, Jim, I needed something a little bit more, and I think that's that's part of everybody's recovery story find a community that you identify with exactly. that works for you yeah if that's 12 steps good for you man i needed sons right like that's yeah that's my jam and i'm sure that there are other people that have probably tried out sons of helaman maybe didn't get the same juice that they were looking for and, and found something else that works right um, so we you know we it's just not want any endorse, specific program we want to endorse yeah. recovery in its in yeah. its whole form but also like don't don't give up until you find something that works for you. Yeah, keep yeah. looking, keep, keep looking, looking and find it. And so when I got introduced to the to the program with Life Changing Services, uh, my first time there, and like I like you said, mm-hmm. Wes, like find the program that works for you. Yeah. That is the biggest thing. I've got a friend that I've tried to introduce him uh, to the Men of Moroni program. He's like, I, he's like, that just doesn't sound like my thing. Hmm. I was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. You know, I love you. Um, I wish you'd at least take a look at it. And he's like, nah, it's just I'm good here. And I was like, all right. Um, but uh, when I first walked in to Mena Marone, I got introduced to that. Uh, like I told you guys, and I'll keep the swear words out of it. But, <laughs> but, uh, but I was sitting in there, and somebody made a comment that did not jive with a lot, a lot of us. Uh-huh. And some guy next to me goes, that's BS. Like, just <laughs> swore right out. I was like, that's BS right that's there. BS. Calling out. I was like, yeah. these are my people. <laughs> these are my people right here. I was like, I'm home. Yeah. I found it. So I was like, I was sold from that point on. I was like, man, this is it. And so... Just, and that's not to say that like Sons of Helaman and Men of Moroni are, it's like a locker room talk. No, it's not but, at all. But it's, it's not at all. But it's very raw and it's real. And so like if you're if you're a parent listening to this and you're worried about your kid being exposed to something bad, don't worry you're, about it. You're not. No. It's, right? it's just very, it's very, it's real talk. It is. Listen, We're, and Sons of yeah. Helaman is regulated by those therapists. Right. The Men of Moroni, it's a unlicensed mentor who is just trained specifically to be a mentor Interesting. It just watches that group. I mean, some of them are therapist sure. based. I think there's a therapist one there, but the one I meet with, it's just it's a bunch of guys getting together to hash problems out to just figure it out. Let's yeah. let's let's work this out together. Exactly. Interesting that you. I mean, I'm really grateful you found men, Mar- mm. men of Moroni. Oh, me too. Um, I would say just. I think we've talked about men of Moroni, have we? Just briefly, dude, to, yeah. to say that it it is the equivalent of Sons of Helaman, but for those who are. Married, yeah, right. That married an older over the age of twenty eight or something like that. Yeah, and and there's, I mean, Daughters of Light is a program for right. for young women. There's worth, worth um, women uh, mothers who fight, mothers who know. Yeah, mothers who fight. Yeah, and they, they actually have their own podcasts for for um, a lot of these uh, different programs as well. And you can find them all yeah. at 
lifechangingservices.org and, and through the Facebook page. Right. Um, and we want to support them. Incredible, incredible content. That so if you guys had a YouTube, you, guys, you could link all these things. I know. Hey, that's, that's, right? what was, that's what 2. I was going to say. 2.0, man. Is we will, 2.0, it's coming. Be, yeah, be on the lookout for more stuff from us to provide links and other yep. for other resources. And because if you have not, ideas, please send them. Right. Like, Email us. We, we don't know. We're learning, right? So Yeah, so if you're a mom listening to this and you say, this is great, but I need I need more from the moms, yeah. right? Then let's get you hooked up there. Um, or if you're or if you're an older gentleman that's married or yep. or or still single, but maybe over what is it, thirty or twenty eight or something like yeah. that? I don't know what the I, age. I it's twenty something for okay for Menomoroni. Menomoroni. I think the, the the more pressing component of, the, of that is you're is, in a covenant relationship, right? Yeah, and, right. And you need there's to, a whole yeah. new. It's a whole new ball game, man. Whole new ball game. It really is. So, I would love to hear. I, we talked about this on Tuesday. Okay. But I think you provided a unique experience. Unique. <clears throat> excuse me. Your experience, just being learning to be vulnerable and honest with your wife, with your companion. If you would speak to that, just because I, who knows, we might have listeners right now that are the fear. I can imagine oh, of. I mean all of the things through your head. And I'm sure Satan does not help with that process, but of like, I I've justified it long enough. I need to tell her, but this could be the end. Yeah. We've got kids. We've got, I, I does this mean divorce? What does this mean? Like yeah. all the fear that I can't even, Oh, so I'd love, I mean, if you'd be willing yeah, yeah, to, I can, to I can share some a little of bit of that. Um, a lot of that feeling and anxiety came from where I was actually getting my worth from. Mm, and so that, that's where a lot of it came from. And so I, I, w- I was in a lot of shame-based feelings at that time because I knew I had been having all these lost battles. And this is before I was part of the program, mm. right? And so I was having all these struggles. Yep. And I was looking for an out. I was like, I need to tell her because I was going through, I was my brain was justifying a lot of things because I wasn't looking at pornography, right? I was looking at softcore or I was I was finding reading other... literature or finding all these excuses to not look at pornography but mm. still get my dopamine hits in. Yeah. Interesting. Right? Yeah. And so is, <laughs> is addicts sometimes we find that we're like, okay, well where's the hit? It's like it's like our Nikki fits, right? We right. just we just need to hit the Nikki fit and take a drag and put the rest of it down. And so yep. um I, I was looking for a way to disclose to her because it just hit me one day. I was like, holy cow, I'm having an issue here. Like I was almost in denial that I was even having a problem until one day it hit me and I was like, okay, God, I've got to find a way to tell her. Mm. And, and, uh, finally on the way back from a business trip, it just, uh, it's probably her right there, um, <laughs> but, uh, she can hear me talking about her. Um, she's like, Hey, uh, stop that. <laughs> like God produced a way for me to tell her. And it was so uncomfortable. Mm. Like it just, it hurt. It pretty much ripped the bandaid off. And then over the next couple of days, just more came out and more came out and it hurt. It was to the point where I was like, I'm probably, this is probably ending my relationship. We've got two daughters. We've been married for 12 years at this point. It's Mm. like, this is probably absolutely ending the relationship. And I was scared to death. And, and so shortly after that, as we went through some processes and I ended up getting hooked up with the program and, and, uh, Hooked up with my main man, Cody Haas. Dude. Dude is a rock star. Shout out to CH. Seriously. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Cody is the man. (laughs) Um, So I I cannot tell you how much that guy has just absolutely helped change my life. And and just getting the program 
And as I started going through the program and, and working with him, like he's like the master validator. Mm. Yeah. Like it, when we're in addiction, really what we want is somebody to connect with. Yeah. And he's like, I will listen to all your woes and be the Jedi master and teach you how to do. Right. Right. Like, right. It just goes through all these things. He's like, yeah, well, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? What about this? I'm just like, oh, I really do kind of suck at this. Right. And so right. as I started talking more with Cody and then working through that, I realized that I'd been placing a lot of uh, value, my own personal worth on my wife's shoulders, which. How do you mean? Like I was expecting her to validate me all the time, or I was okay. expecting my value, my worth, like to come she from determined her. That. Yeah. So and you so, felt about yourself dependent on how, on how your wife felt. thought about you. Yeah. Okay. Like if she thought I was a piece of crap, I'm like, man, maybe I really am a piece, am a piece of crap. Yeah. And so looking at, I'm like looking at that versus now I'm like, man, my wife's having a really hard time. And I, I, I understand that. And I may be directly or indirectly the cause of some of that, but it's a hard time. That's what it is. Right. And, and I'll Dude. do my best to help her. But really when it comes down to it, like I'm me, she's her, we got to figure things out and we'll work, work through it. So. so there is a component there. I would, I would, how do you, how did you come to that place of, of self like acceptance or self love? Because it's, that is so hard, right? You blame yourself for, this problem between you and your wife, this potential, the potential that it has to affect your family. How do you come to a place? What did Cody do? How did, how, I mean, what steps, if you were to, to give advice to those that don't feel like they could ever even just love themselves again? Uh, a big part of it, honestly, um, Cody really was just kind of a guide more than anything. Uh, he didn't necessarily tell me to do anything. He just said, you know, maybe try this, maybe try this, and just kind of help me go through the process, like the river raft, right? Just kind of yeah. going down the river. Honestly, it's it's my main man, uh, Christ. Mm. Uh, without the atonement, like literally, like it covers so much, and it's to such a ridiculous level. <clears throat> In my understanding, the atonement has just increased exponentially over the past two years. Mm. Um, compared to two years ago, uh, I really felt I was nothing. Compared to now, I'm like, man, I'm dude, I'm a rock and worthy priesthood holder. This is freaking awesome. Like I can do this, right? It yes. doesn't matter what my wife thinks, which bless her heart. I do value her opinion, right? I love her. Um, but in the end, like what she absolutely thinks about me really is none of my business. You know what right. anybody else think of me? It really is none of my business. It's like, what's up with Christ and myself and how that relationship forms. Oh my gosh. And so like the that, atonement really just digs in. That That's so healthy. I mean, such a I, healthy beautiful place to be it, you you've explained you know principles of and teaser we're, we're going to be having some some couples on the show coming up we're going to call it conversations with couples and <laughs> some, some of our friends with group that have recently gotten married are going to share their experiences with you us put some like love yeah. boat in the music oh, it's going to be awesome yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> absolutely but um <laughs> you, you just stop it <laughs> you talked about codependence where exactly where we're so overly concerned about what our spouse partner significant other thinks of us that we we are so insecure there's you know there's no foundation wow. there and the opposite of that so we're kind of doing a notice it name it flip it find it right now okay yeah. so we, we've noticed that whatever's going on in our relationship right now is not healthy we've named it this is codependence that you know i i can't be okay with me unless i know somebody else is okay with me right. and that somebody else isn't isn't christ right and what's the and opposite of that? What's the opposite of that is interdependence. It's of like where this... we're individually, 
we are independently okay with who we are, but we love another person enough that we can choose to be vulnerable with them. Yes. You know, that we can, there's a synergy there. When there are two people that are independently spiritually mature enough to know that their value comes from what their Heavenly Father thinks of them and that they want to share that with each other, that's a beautiful, eternal relationship right there. Yeah. Um, and it feels completely different. It does. You know, this coming from a single guy who knows these things, right? But, <laughs> but um, I, 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 Wes I, knows I, all of Yeah. You should see Jim right now. He's <laughs> bowing down. He's giving, giving the bow No, down. but I, I see that in healthy relationships around me. I have three brothers who are in incredible marriages and to see how each one of them individually is a rock star, both my brother and his wife. And to see how they interact with each other is such a good example to me. Oh. And I love that. It's, it's so neat. And it's, it's different. It is atypical from what the world teaches. And there's, I, there's definitely things my wife and I are still ironing out, right? For sure. But, uh, it's a process, you, right? Yeah, it yeah. is. It's a huge, and it, it possibly a lifelong, lifelong process, long probably. Process. Something tells me it's going to be lifelong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> probably eternally. Yeah, yes. right? Yeah. But I'm saying the ironing out things, hopefully by the time we get to eternal salvation, you know, and, and, and uh, up there that some of those little kinks will be ironed out. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, but, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a process, but it's, it's. It's been a rewarding process, but listen, guys, nothing worth having comes easy mm-hmm. ever. If you want something good, you've got to earn it, and that's really what it comes down to. And and I was I was having a conversation with Cody, and and, and like I disclosed to you guys earlier, uh, that's that's one of the things he said is like, listen, if things don't get better, you guys might want to consider divorce. And I was like, a light went on. I was like, wait, what? That's an option. And so now my opinion is like, I'm not with my wife because I have to be. I'm with my wife because I want to be. I choose to be here. If she doesn't want to choose to be with me, I'll be, I'll support her in that. I'm not going to fight her to stay in the relationship if she doesn't want to be in the relationship. Mm -hmm. If she's not happy, I want her to be happy. Right. And that's where I think the atonement really plays in because Christ wants us to be happy. God wants us to be happy. If we're in an unhappy Mm -hmm. place, what do we have to do to change? And I'm not, I'm not proposing like everybody get divorced and like that, Right. Right. But, but coming from a standpoint of knowing that I'm here because I want to be here no matter how hard it is versus I'm here because I have to be here because I put the ring on your finger and you said I do, like it oh. changes the whole dynamic. Well, it changes the fight, right? It, it changes does. the fight because it's not, it's, I'm no longer just, and of course I'm going to fight for my loved ones, but dang well, first I'm going to fight for myself because exactly. I yeah. deserve this and I deserve freedom. I deserve happiness. I don't care. I mean, yes, I want I want that love and validation from others. We all do. But by golly, I'm gonna have it for me because I want it. And that's what caused such a huge shift is because then I was like, all right, now I'm seeing myself in a whole different light. Like I'm mm-hmm. actually, I feel powerful. Yes. I feel amazing. Mm-hmm. My wife doesn't like me right now. That's okay. Maybe I'm not being likable right now, but. I'm still a pretty good you, guy. You, Jim? No. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I've come at moments. I've totally come moments. <laughs> no, but I'm doing the best that I can, right? I'm doing the best, right? So if I'm doing moment, the best I can. If I'm, if I'm doing the best that I can. But yeah, but to, to, to have this like self-empathy, this like feeling of, you know what? How else was I supposed to respond? I've never been, let's say, I've never been 35 and in a relationship for 12 years I've never been to this point, so how should I know how to respond? Yeah, I'm 40 or how to now. Ooh, ooh, 
Big four zero. Big four out. Right? I'm 40. Dude, that's so dope. People say I look young, but it's really because I'm just really immature. <laughs> so, I think that's why we no. get along. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's why, that's why, that's we, why connect. we connect. Yeah, we're connecting deeply. No, you don't look we, 40. We, we, just, we just totally talked about what we say in the, in the intro is self-mastery. Of yes, this is Spence. I love what you said. They're like, yeah, I'm doing this for for all these other reasons for my family, but I'm doing it for me because I am of eternal potential because I am a son of my father in heaven, which means that's what I have the potential to grow up to be. Puppies become dogs. We're children of God, right? Dude, I'm a freaking yeah. God in embryo right go. now, man. Yes. Yeah. Dude, I'm yeah. gonna rock that. And I deserve, and I so deserve. Maybe deserve is a, is the wrong word, but I. God wants me to be happy, mm-hmm. and I want to be, and so I can choose that for myself. Today, I choose that by doing hard things. It's not gonna come by sitting on my butt, yep. watching Netflix. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that. That's not where. I'm, I'm not going to feel my divine potential that way either. Have you ever watched Netflix and been like, oh, I feel my best self right now? I watch Meet the Mormons. I got my, my spiritual fulfillment. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I, feel, I feel, not to say that all media, you know, there's good media, right? Meeting the Mormons but, is a good thing. But even that's not going to get you to heaven. It's not right? going to get, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We want to be I don't doing... think we're ever going to have our, our exit interview from mortality with Heavenly Father, Christ there, and Moroni, I think, says in, in the end of the Book of Mormon that he'll meet us, too. Yeah. I don't think we're ever going to flip through our life highlights and slow down. Like, here's where I finished Lost. Here's where I finished Parks <laughs> and Rec. Oh, You're not man. getting past here's, the pearly gates because you didn't yeah. finish Seinfeld. Here's when, I fin- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> here's when I finished The Office for the third time, right? Like, yes. The, those are not achievements of mortality. They don't earn us the stripes, the medals of honor that are required to live an eternal life to to um to be comfortable in the celestial kingdom to yes to to understand what that eternal citizenship feels like right yes and to take a quick step back for a second i don't know why when you were talking wes i also man we're all up against this right we're all up against this new age of digital media that's everywhere and accessible and and it's normal people are you're supposed to go watch netflix yeah. hey have you watched that about. show that's yep. what people talk about it's how you socialize it's how you connect with people now we live in a day and age where google has become a verb yeah google yeah. it right like this is like this is so i think i said that earlier on yeah you did right <laughs> so it's like we we um that may be where i heard it yeah so <laughs> to also have empathy towards ourselves this is a challenge this is something that we but it, it needs to be fought like yeah. the battle must be fought and that 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 kind of that kind of segues a little bit because one of the big tools of Satan is like he he tries to convince us that we're what's bad. Mm. He's like, you know what? You're the screw up. You're what's bad. Not like, okay, if I look at myself, I can say, okay, I made a mistake. I can, you know, forgive myself a little bit. I can give myself a little leeway. And Satan's like, no, dude, you're a total screw up. Oh, sorry. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, I wasn't in the mic. I was getting too comfortable. <laughs> but but that's a huge deal. Is is. Um, is is a lot of the people I talk to now with the mentoring and everything is oh so to, to finish that yeah, yeah so when I when I joined the Men of Moroni program as I started getting into it I was like man this is an incredible program I want to give back to the program 
Mm, cool. And so I started looking at the mentorship. I, I told the mentor there, I was like, listen, I want a mentor. I want to help with this on Sunday nights. He's like, that would be awesome because I'm doing this all on my own. Like, <laughs> he's got an English accent. That would be awesome. I don't, I don't know what that oh, is. Cool. Anyway, <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> that was really that was good. Really good. I think that was more yeah. British than anything. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I was like, I want to do this. And then I, I, I realized the PWT side of it was mentoring the goals. I was like, man, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So and, and I was like, I want to give back to that because on a couple levels, I get to serve and I get to do that. Because one of my goals, honestly, is... Uh, is down the road be a philanthropist to the point where I can actually uh, help pay people's way through the program, oh, right? Man. Help them get through the program because awesome. I've just seen how much it's made, and I know there's tons of other people dealing with it. Um, so that's one of my goals is to help pay people through that, just to help them. They've still got to be accountable for some of it, obviously. But right. Uh, but I was like, okay, if I be a PWT and I be a mentor, I'm on the hook every stinking week or every stinking day. Like I have to be on the hook because if I'm not worthy to do this, you don't get to do it. Yeah. Like, and so I have to be accountable every single day. And so, um, so it it was just, it was just an added driving force. Not that I wouldn't be accountable without it, but it was just an added thing on top of that. I was like, okay, this is one more tool. Create, that brings up an interesting point that I was thinking about actually today is creating a way to have to be so unforgivingly honest. Cause if I'm not my, if I'm not at my best today, I won't be able to look that young person in the face or, or to have that conversation and be real with them and yeah. honest with them. Right. I won't be able to look, you know, so to find ways to create accountability and it really is accountability, but just being, being able to be completely open, honest, you, you know, that Spence, you're, you're saying that reminds me of a really powerful scripture I think it's in Genesis 2. It's either Genesis 1 or Genesis 2. Mm-hmm. And what you talked about, uh, Jim, about being completely honest with your your wife, I think outlines it perfectly. But um, it's Adam and Eve in the garden, and it's the last verse of the chapter. And it says, and they were naked and unashamed. And the symbolism there is very, very powerful. Um to be naked is to be completely vulnerable. There's nowhere to hide. You're completely honest. Everything about you is is totally exposed. This is me. Yeah. Literally, right? physically, literally, this is everything physically, that I am. I mean, let's, because this is a pornography recovery <laughs> yeah. talk show, let's, let's, let's make it more of a meta, metaphor. <laughs> Sorry. But, just put your clothes back on, Spence. Gosh. But the, the symbolism there, right? That's beautiful. They were naked and unashamed because they were honest. It was, here's who I am. And, you know, the scripture also saying they, they, they cleaved unto each other. Like they, they knew each other perfectly and they loved each other regardless. Wow. Even with their weird birthmarks, even with their, you know, warts, they loved each other, you know? That's and I think the more dude. we can be that honest that truthful with those that we care most about. So that's, I would ask Jim then, what would you recommend? Let's say someone's listening to this today that maybe has not been able to find a way to be open about this because of those fears, which are so normal and so understandable. Oh, what steps would you recommend they, they take Rip off the band-aid. Just get it done. Seriously, as painful as it is, it's it's much more painful leading up to it 
than it is it actually happening. But even when you rip the Band-Aid off, especially if you're in a solid relationship, you've now got to be completely empathetic and non-defensive to their response. Because they might leave you. There's been tons of guys who've gotten that I know that have gotten kicked out of their house once they've come out with they've come out to their wife, um, and so it's you, you've got to be willing to take it. If that's what it takes to heal, that's what it takes to heal. And so, as hard as that is, that's a lot of prayer. I mean, that is a lot of divine prayer right there. Just seeking the help of God to uh, create a path or something. But honestly, sometimes it just comes down to listen. I need to talk to you. This is going on. I'm really struggling, and I need help. Can't do it on my own. So, you know, today's topic has been <laughs> well. I know I started laughing we, because we haven't really covered the but topic, I, but, but, I think, we have, but we have. We haven't like outright addressed it. But it's, it's about connecting to your your inner source of strength, and you know, the program actually outlines our PWR goals there about. How do we really have a strong, what we call warrior prayer? You know, you don't, oh, man. when, think of someone like preparing very literally to go to battle. Their prayer is not going to be, please bless me to keep me safe from the enemy. No, they're, they're going to be very specific and very targeted in yeah. what they say in that prayer. And likewise, we need to do that. Help me be in focused. Help me to, to be aware like, of my surroundings. You say, Heavenly Father, I know I'm going to be alone at 10 o'clock tonight, I know I'm going to have devices around me where I can access evil. Please help me. Show me what I need to do. What's the right? plan I should, what's the steps yeah. that I need to take? And a lot of times when you say that prayer, the spirit will distill to your mind what you need to do because you already know. Well, yeah. And, and Jim, you had that warrior prayer before telling your wife, right? Oh, yeah. Heavenly Father, I know I need to tell her. Help me. Because... This is not what I want. I don't want to do this. I don't want to tell. I wanted. My wife. I wanted a connective relationship, and I didn't have it. Yeah, and I knew that it was. I was the reason behind it. But the majority of the reason, anyway. There, there's such a paradigm shift there from <clears throat> from the beginning of your story of, I I needed to have the validation of my wife more than anything else, to feel good about myself, and that changed from no, I'm my connection is is first to to God and then to my wife and you kind of bridge that gap together. Yeah. And that's, beautiful. that's an inner source of strength right there. When we can connect to the sanctifying power of the Lord Jesus Christ by doing simple things that we've all been taught since primary, or if you're newer to the gospel that you're taught by the missionaries, right? Yeah, exactly. We pray, we, we, we read re our scriptures. We repent. Yeah. Right? We tell a bishop that, and we don't just tell him a few things because we're afraid of the really, really dark things that he'll think poorly of us. We give it, right? Yep. We just give it. We say, this is like, and ashamed. The best way to, to fight shame is to, to shed just pure light on it, right? It's just to the uh, flashlight. Dude. Uh, yeah, was, that was a big old flashlight. As you oh, can see, it's a studio. Something. Yeah, he's got like this giant bazooka flashlight over his shoulder. That's <laughs> because you want to shine so much light on it. He's something got, like the cop mag light. That's right, what it exactly. is. Yeah, 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 yeah. seriously though. Something, something I, I feel is so important to cover here on a, on a couple points is one: if if you're not if if things are not okay, it's not the end. 
because we know that everything's going to be okay in the end. And so if it's not okay, President Hinckley, yeah, is that him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know I got it from somewhere, so yeah. I'm not going to remember who quotes what, but, um, I'll worry about maybe, quotes maybe he got it from you, Jim. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. He could have. He could have. You're so, Gordon with that. So, yeah. but, uh, I think it's important to remember that we'll be okay in the end. And so as hard as things are now in the end, they're, they're going to be just fine. They really are. And something I want to add to, to your comment about the Warriors Prayer West mm. is, and this is something as a PWT, as a personal warrior trainer, I, I tell my guys, listen, if you need to have a Warriors Prayer because there's a huge difference between a Warriors Prayer and a Farmer's Prayer. It's not like asking God to do everything. You're bringing strategy, but not only, you know, mm. if I'm going to be around devices at 10 o'clock, what's my plan? Mm. You know, I can't Ooh. just say I'm going to be around. I'm going to be around devices. What should so, I do? To you know, tell so me what's like. Do. Listen, this is my plan. This is what I plan to do. So if there's devices in their mind, I'm putting my devices in another room, or I'm going to be around somebody. This is my plan. What else do I need to add to that? What other strategy do Ooh. I have to have? So you've always got to bring something to God in, in regards to your strategy, because even that. thinking about that, that's 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 where your chemistry starting to course right there. Because now you're like, oh dang, yeah, Satan's fighting me here. All right. So my plan is this, boom, 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 right? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. That's a big reason we build the no-goes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What's our plan personally we're bringing to the Savior? Like uh, the brother Jared. <sighs> yeah. We light the boats. I got a bunch of rocks. Yep. Touch a rock I with your finger. That. Boat lights up. Dude, boom. that's so cool. So That's a beautiful way to look at a warrior prayer, right? And that is, that really is a great way to look at it is here is what, here's where I feel like I'm going to be vulnerable. Here's my plan, my war plan. Help me. Here's the battle plan. Yeah, critique please it. consecrate it. Yeah, exactly. consecrate it. Yeah, exactly. Just give me the strength to fulfill, like to to do what I'm committing well, to do. Show me the blind spots, and right? What am I missing? Yeah, what am I missing? I have done this legwork. I have these rocks. Ooh. Please give me the increase, right? Like Exactly. Ooh. Yeah. Do Always what have I cannot for myself. Mm. Is there anything else from a personal warrior trainer standpoint from accessing this inner inner strength from a writing and reading would you add anything from that that's been helpful for you personally or for those that because we talked about prayer i think that i think we've nailed prayer but is there anything else that you would add from a writing and reading perspective from a writing and reading perspective writing is almost another it's really literally just another prayer if you do it right if you're writing a letter as part of the personal warrior training uh the pwr and the ma or the man and the pwr the manpower goals we we encourage writing as writing a letter to god or writing a letter for the sons of healing writing a letter to your future spouse or to your future kids and we do this as a tool at least in my mind is you become more narrative when you write a letter you actually emote more. If I'm just writing mm-hmm. bullet points in a journal, right? It's like, okay, I went to Starbucks and I got a bagel, right? But right. But you're like, how did the bagel make you feel, right? I felt fat and happy. It was great, <laughs> right? But you start to get more narrative in your writing. Like, dear God, listen, this is the struggle that I had today. What that does on so many levels, one, you're using your body, okay? Ooh. Our body is a weapon that Satan does not have. I mean, it's it's literally something that we have that he doesn't have, and his whole goal is to get us to misuse it. Right. Like if we get if we give a if we get a weapon, it's it's like the analogy I give a lot of my guys. If I give my kid my handgun and I don't tell her how to use it, chances are she's going to shoot herself or shoot somebody else. Right. But if I showed her how to load it, cock it, safety, fire, aim, all this stuff, she's going for a nine year old. She probably become pretty proficient at that weapon, right? And so our bodies are the same way that we can become very very proficient at our weapon if we listen to the right source and where to get trained on use that weapon. Wow. And so writing, reading is, is becoming that, that for me, that's more of a, a nurturing. That's kind of more of a, a pull right there. 
the writing can be very, very push mm. because then you can just mold on the paper. Listen, this is the struggle I had. This is what I'm facing. This is what I did with it. This is the flagpole I had. This is what happened. These this are my new goals. This is my These, new goals. This, this is, is where I saw it affect me. This is the strategy that was used. Boom, 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 boom. And bring stuff to the Lord, like mm. I said, right? And so it allows so you to hash cool. it up, but it uses your body and it actually gets into your frontal cortex and just totally shifts your brain out of the limbic, the lizard brain, if you will, yep. into mm. where it needs to be. And so Dude. it just... I, I've never had a problem with writing. I've been keeping a journal since That's I was like awesome. 19 years old. So. Which was always, it's always been my most difficult of a lot of guys. Yeah. 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 Writing is hard. I mean, it's just the generational as well. Right. Like just writing isn't something we do. I don't know. Do you think? I don't know if that has anything I, to do with I that. I do know how to write. You do. <laughs> I, I'm literate. <laughs> but it's just like, I don't know. Writing is just hard. But as I have done it, I've experienced the it, exact same thing. It's probably the most labor intensive goal that we you have can't each just, day right you can't just like passively write nope. you have to like think there's a lot there's a physical component you have and to you're put right you're using paper. your body you're doing yeah. something where reading we're consuming what others have written yeah. by the by the power of god yeah. right that so, everyone's gonna inspire us those stories there's a lot of little things in there that i think if you really look at the goals and how they're set up maurice was very intelligent in how he specifically did things and in how they apply to our daily lives because honestly you could go through all those goals completely and they wouldn't take any piece of your day out right if you just mm. made them routine and got them in there dude and, and so having those as part of my day really has made a huge difference because that's what you just get out of when you're in the addictive brain you're like okay what is my time prioritized with yeah. okay does it not then once you start doing this okay just to bring this conversation full circle does it not when you start living intentionally and you start fulfilling on manpower goals daily all of a sudden that self-love and empathy and worth and value i don't know i think that's when i really started to feel it like whoa i am powerful i can and and, and those things feed on each other so that I wanted to do other things. I, I didn't want to go and sit and watch Netflix. Mm-hmm. Well, and I you want to go and do good. You flipped exactly what Satan has told you of you're garbage. You are unworthy. You are lazy. You're apathetic. If they only knew. Yeah. If they only knew you're a liar. Yeah. You, those are all identity statements. And Spence, you just fought every one of them with, well, no, I am powerful. I am bad to the bone. Right? <laughs> I am. I am filled with purpose. I am a warrior. Yeah. Right. I live intentionally. Yes. I'm doing the best I can. I pray with intent. I'm writing. I'm doing these things, and it adds to that. Mm-hmm. It gets this like engine rolling. And and what I found, and I know we're running short on time. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I'll I'll just make this last comment. What I found is that that experience I shared with you guys when I was driving home from work. Yeah. What I realized is I didn't trust myself. I was like, I don't want to do this, but I don't trust myself to not do it. And now when you start doing these goals, what happens is you're like, okay, I kept a goal. Maybe I only got one out of six, but I kept it. You got one, Tomorrow right? I'm going to go two out of six, yeah. right? Yeah. Pretty soon you're doing six out of six. Like, man, I can I can do hard things, right? I can keep the goals. I can, I can do it with intention. Pretty soon you're like, I trust myself to get stuff done. I, I actually trust my intentions that when I say I'm going to do something, yes. I know I'm going to do it oh. because I can do this, 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 this. So and you start trusting yourself. Issue. Yeah. You start trusting yourself again. That's not to say you're going to put yourself in a battlefield situation of no. like, oh, it's one in 30. No, no, no. no. I, I trust yes. myself no, to don't get arrogant. Don't get arrogant. Yeah, my get arrogant. internet yeah. feed, right? Like, no, but it's 
I'm not setting myself up for failure anymore. It's I'm confident that I trust myself yeah. not to walk into that right. situation. There you yes. go. That's it. I trust myself so much. I won't trust myself with that part of my life anymore. Yeah, I, won't, I won't allow myself. It, I yeah. trust myself enough to not allow myself that. You start yeah. to actually recognize your limitations and be like, okay, this is where my threshold is at. This is Dude. where I know I'm really having struggles with this. So I'm starting to trust myself not to do those things there. Well, and and the desire is gone. Yeah. You don't want to go there anyway. No. Right? Like, the Lord has changed you. The atonement has created a new creature. Exactly. And if we look at it at a very biological scale, we've created new neural pathways. The yes. cells that once inhabited that more addicted area have died and have been replaced. Right? Yes. There's some powerful stuff going on there. Oh. And man, this has been an Dude, awesome this has been week. Awesome. And I don't even like. I just got just the whole thing or takeaways, dude. That whole Jim, that was awesome, dude. I just got you. one final question for Jim. Ooh, oh, let's hear it, Jim. Would you tell us why you fight? Yeah, and why you won't give up? Yeah, I will, man. So uh, I'm fighting because I am a warrior, and I fight with fury. Like that's what I do. I absolutely love fighting, and it is is as simple as that sounds. Like, you actually enjoy the fight after a little bit. Like, you get to a point where, like, okay, how did this day go? What can I do better? Oh, man, here's a, here's a, here's some room for improvement right here. Boom. Hit it the next day. Just smash, smash, smash. And so I, it, it took me a long time to realize that I that even though I was worthy, bunny ears, quotation marks, yeah. worthy to hold the priesthood, it wasn't until probably maybe three months ago I was like, dang, I hold the priesthood. This is a powerful tool. I'm worthy to hold this priesthood. Um, excuse me. I get a little emotional. Um, but uh, I'm fighting for my daughters. Like, they're amazing. As much as they drive me absolutely crazy. <laughs> so, they are, they are, they are, they're, they're dirt princesses is what they are. They love to play in the mud. They are not Barbie girls. Thank goodness I got the right ones. Um, but they are absolutely amazing. And, and they're to the age where they're they're approaching that age. I've had to have those conversations with them. Yeah. Um, my oldest knows what's going on to an extent, um, <clears throat> to an extent, you know, not too much detail, but, you know, I'm fighting to be an example for, uh, and to, to be here for my wife and my kids. So that's what I'm fighting for. And, and above all, I'm fighting for my savior. So you guys just got to hear me get a little weepy on the radio. <laughs> Jim, so, that was... We love you, Jim. Dude, seriously, love here, you, man. I appreciate like, it. That, um, your willingness to come on here and just be so vulnerable and talk about... I mean, I am proud to fight with you. Thank you. Like, this is a this is a community I want to be a part of. Right? Like, yeah. this is... This is, uh, this is special, dude. What you're doing what you're going to do for your kids, for your wife, for your, for future generations and, and all these, these warrior warriors that you've been able to train and how you're, you want to give back to help people. I mean, you're going to do so much good. I cannot express how liberating it, how liberating it is to come out of the shame and actually talk openly. I I told you guys, I taught the fifth Sunday lesson in church and basically came out open book to my entire ward. But listen, even the impact that made, and, and I absolutely love my ward. I've had, you know, and even through the course of just talking to people in general about the struggle, I've had uh, several, uh, both genders actually tell me, wow, they're having struggles. 
And so it's been an interesting ride to just be like, okay, listen, there's there's a lot of place for help. So you start to be the Lord's hands, right? When he trusts us to be stewards for other people and give them an opportunity to walk into the light. And we start to heal the human family a little bit. And Jim, you're doing that. You do that in spades, man. Dude. I love you so much. Which just a testimony to healing is real. Guys, Jesus Christ is our savior. He really can heal us. It's not only possible. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. He, and he wants to, Oh, so if you're listening today, you want to take that next hard step, take it, make the hard, what did, what did president Monson said? Choose the harder, right over the easier wrong to make that hard choice. Email us uh, podcast at life services.org or go on to life services.org website. Any of these programs are here to help. Uh, we're here to help as much as we can. Jim's a, a resource for you. Yep. Cody, Lane, these guys that we, we, we just, anything that you guys need, we love you all. And thanks for listening and being a part of this. Anything else, Wes? I think that's... I got nothing. <sighs> <sighs> I got nothing. That was amazing. Love you guys. Until next time. Awesome. <laughs>